Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our Lenten series titled The Cross, the Tomb, the Way. We have Christine Geshom sharing God's word with us today from John chapter 15. Jesus called himself the vine and asked his branches with the explicit instructions for all of us who have chosen him to abide in him and bear fruit. The only way that the world sees Jesus in us is when they see the fruit that is born in our lives. What fruit are you bearing? We pray that you would quieten your heart to hear what God has to say to you today. Hi church, it's my joy to bring God's word to you today. As you know, we've been going through the series of Lent, uh the cross, the tomb, and the way. And today we're going to be looking um at the book of John, uh specifically at John chapter 15, and I've titled today's sermon as The Way to Grow. Someone once said that God looks for spiritual fruit, not for religious nuts. And so I want us to look today at Luke chapter 6 verses 43 to 44 which says for no good tree bears bad fruit nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit for each tree is known by its own fruit for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes nor are grapes plucked from a bramble bush Looking at this verse it's very obvious that God is looking for fruit on each of us I want to ask you what fruit are you bearing As I prepared this that was the question I kept asking myself what is the fruit I'm bearing a lot of times we think of our fruit as good works but it's really thing the simplest things it could just be showing love to the unlovable it could just be um ex- exhibiting joy when it's a really joyless situation the fruit of the spirit are the best example of um a life that is bearing fruit beyond your understanding and so I believe that the sign of spiritual growth is in the fruit that each of us bear We're going to be specifically looking at John chapter 15 today where Jesus says I am the true vine and you are the branches. We're going to be looking at that and understanding why Jesus asked us to abide in him. We're going to be looking at that from John chapter 15 verses 1 to 10. Let's just have a look at the scripture. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing If anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burnt if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father had loved me so have i loved you abide in my love If you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. If you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I just repeated that last verse for emphasis. The word abide we saw it come again and again and again but before we get into that just a, a foundational framework Jesus is the true vine. we are the branches the vine dresser or the farmer is uh, god is likened to the vine dresser and so the way 
the world will know us is by the fruit that we wear which is why the fruit is very important but the key to this to spiritual growth as of this passage is actually abiding in Christ so the non negotiable part of this is that we need to abide and the word for abide actually means to stay or to remain or to wait it's to stay in Christ that is non negotiable now there is a statutory warning that's you know inserted into this passage which is that you can you and i can do nothing we can do nothing we can bear no fruit apart from him and there are consequences for not abiding in him what is that it talks about eternal judgment it talks about taking being taken away and being burnt but there is a benefit of abiding and that is that we can ask of god anything and he will grant it to us but the problem today is that we are a generation that cannot abide we're a generation that cannot abide we have ott platforms on which things are just a click away and we watch something we don't like it we move to the next best thing we are those who cannot stick in careers for too long when the going gets hard we look for an escape room we 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 look at relationships as something that needs to be easy the minute it gets hard we grit our teeth and then we say you know what time to let go time to move on our children after the pandemic after two years in in a lockdown situation with no uh, school inside with just gadgets they have the attention span of a fruit fly we want the quickest route to success we don't want the long and arduous journey we want the quickest possible way to success money we want it quick relationships we want it quick satisfaction we want it fast we are a generation that cannot abide I think that's why it's repeated almost 11 times in this chapter he says abide in me and what it means is to stay put in Jesus because our culture tells us to keep moving our culture says aspire for more our culture says acquire more to grasp for more staying is for losers our culture says it says for it's you know staying is for the ones who lack drive the ones who don't have ambition but Jesus is giving us a better way he says you abide in me and then my words will abide in you and you can abide in my love and then you will bear fruit there is a definite process to this is not just sitting on a lazy boy all day long doing nothing abiding in christ is knowing who you are in christ because of constant communication with christ it's knowing his word and knowing that he's faithful to his word and then from that place of intimate close organic union that you start to bear fruit that is what it looks like to abide in christ but why must i abide in christ what is the requirement it says abide he says fruit we get it but i believe from this passage the whole of john 15 there are three things that we can look at and say definitively that there is something good that comes out of abiding in christ the first thing is that our status changes the first thing is that we move from a servant status to a friend status what do i mean by this john 15 verses 12 to 15 says this no one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends you are not my friends if you keep on doing what i command you i do not call call you servants any longer for the servant does not know what his master is doing but i have called you my friends because i have revealed to you everything that i have heard from my father If you watch any period drama you will have a depiction of life above the stairs and life below the stairs you see how life above the stairs the masters and the the mistresses run their home they run their social engagements their calendars are booked they do certain things they keep themselves occupied with certain activities but there are the, the servants who live below the stairs and their job is only to wait on them hand and foot they have drama of their own they have things happening in their lives 
but the master is not aware of that the master is oblivious to it and the the master is going out and coming in is seen by the servants but they don't know the intentions or the matters of the heart that actually occupy the master or the mistress's life the servants are not privy to what is happening intimately or deep inside the master's lives that is only that that's fear of influence is only given to friends and the word in this in john 15 for servants is doulos which means a bond slave those of us who follow jesus technically we become bond slaves to him in the, in the most freeing sense because we have given up our rights to follow him and he directs us he leads us and we are, we are submitted to his will but even in that place jesus is saying i'm moving you now from a servant status from doulos from a slave to a friend and if you remember from the old testament we've seen how moses was considered a friend of god we've looked at abraham and how he was a friend of god and the beauty of a friend of god is someone who knows what the master is up to you know what god is doing because he's speaking to you consistently every morning when you sit with him you will hear him speak for your day he will speak for your family he will speak for your friends he's going to be imparting things into your life that's the beauty of abiding in christ when we abide in him we start to see what god sees we start to hear what he speaks we start to feel what he feels and then we start to act as he desires us to act it's a beautiful progression because if you look at your life maybe you're a christian for many many years but you've found that you've really not migrated from a place of just reading the word axiomatically and just going about your day to a place where actually the word lives in you and transforms your every every activity and today i want to urge you to ask yourself this have i been abiding in christ has my relationship grown in the past few years from where i just did what i felt i should do to actually doing what the lord asked me to do can i hear his voice through the day He's a surprisingly talkative God. He wants to speak with us. He wants to tell us, "This is my plan for you. This is my plan for your nation. Pray accordingly. This is my plan for your church. Do this. Listen to me." He wants us to hear and know what he's doing. That is his desire and a sign of spiritual growth is when we have moved from a place of being servants to a place of being friends. When you look at the story of Abraham and Lot, Abraham and Lot split because of issues with their herdsmen and lot took the pl- plains of jordan you know sodom and gomorrah that's where he settled down abraham on the other hand took took the other land on the opposite direction and just before god was about to destroy sodom and gomorrah he asked himself a conversation of god to himself he says should i tell abraham what i'm going to do at sodom because i've already set him apart he's already got a, a mission I, i've laid a mission before him and then god goes on to tell abraham what's going to happen and the beauty is that abraham stands there on that ridge overlooking the land and he actually bargains with god on behalf of sodom because his relative lives there lot lives there god and abraham and god have this conversation he says he brings it down lord if there were 50 righteous people would you still destroy the land and i just as i was reading that i just realized i want to come into a place of being his friend i want to intercede for the land based on what he's telling me i want to intercede for my family based on what he the intel he's giving me and i want to ask you will you come to this place today if you abide in christ guaranteed you will move from a servant status to a friend status 
That's the first thing. That's the first sign of spiritual growth. The second thing, when we abide in Christ, the second thing, second blessing that that comes from that is that we move from a joyless existence to a joyful one. John 15 verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And as I read this, I didn't understand what this meant. I thought God is full of joy. God has joy. What does he mean? My joy will be in you. And then I remembered this verse in Zephaniah 3:17 which in many seasons I've claimed over my life and I want to read that for you. Zephaniah 3:17 says, "For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs." He's a joyous God. He he rejoices over us, the ones He's chosen and, and selected and loved on. He rejoices over us with songs. In another translation, it says He dances. He twirls around with joy. In the original Greek, it's amazing to read this verse because you realize that this God we serve is a joyous God. He He is righteous. He's holy. He's faithful. He's also filled with joy, and He wants that joy. According to John fifteen, He says. that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full and the word for joy in john 15 is kara kara means gladness or a calm delight so basically this word kara indicates a recognition of grace and favor you know so often each of us in our own lives we experience grace being handed to us you know something that we didn't deserve we just get it and to actually remember to notice that and to feel joy for it is a hard thing so often in our family one of our kids receives a bit of grace from from us as parents you know even though they deserve a punishment we withhold it um, we show them mercy we also show them favor you know the favor that they absolutely don't deserve in that situation we show it and then they forget about it they you know carry on with their life and the next time we're showing grace to another one of our children uh this child will you know you know pipe up and say what are you doing how come you didn't give me that and we have to remind them of the grace that was bestowed on them just a week back we have to remind them of how loved they are continually and that in that evidence of that love we have shown them some favor and you should see the smile of remembrance on our, on the first child's face because they remember just how undeserved that moment of grace was for them And so today I want to ask us do we realize just how undeserving we are of God's goodness everything we have we may have a list of things we have not had yet but the things we do have have we thanked him for that do we realize how undeserving we are do we realize how undeserving we deserve to even be saved and yet out of his grace and kindness he sought us out and saved us if we were to remember that then things would change then the joy that is unspeakable a joy that is beyond understanding will flood our lives it's not something that just happens it comes because of a clear recognition of god's grace in our life it comes because of a clearer vision of his favor in our lives so when i abide in god's love i realize how much he loves me and that should make me rejoice when i realize the protection that i get when i abide in christ that should make me rejoice when i realize the victory over sin i have over over the enemy that i have because i abide in christ that should make me rejoice there's something beautiful about coming to this place of saying wow i didn't expect this this is beyond my understanding lord i'm just going to rejoice because the joy will be un 
fathomable. You cannot measure that joy. It comes from a place of knowing who God is and who God is continuing to be in your life, irrespective of whether you deserved it or not. So this joy, why is this joy, this kara joy, a calm delight is so important because it will keep you afloat when the storms of life threaten to pull you under because you know the one who calms the storms. It's a joy that helps you rest when the world is tugging at your sleeve, telling you to get up and strive because you know the one who is the primary burden bearer, the greatest, strongest burden bearer. It's a joy that keeps you steady and firm footed even when the path seems narrow and slippery because he is the one who has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one with you on that narrow way. And so that should bubble up and well up deep springs of joy in your life. So if you've been saying, I lack joy. Yes, I'm more blessed than I was a couple of years. Yes, I I, I definitely am earning a little bit more. Yes, I, I have my own house now. Yes, it's a small house, but I have a house. Why am I lacking joy? Well, I want to ask you this question. Have you been abiding in Christ? Have you been resting in him? Because when you rest in him and when you abide in his love, when you abide in his word, the spoken word of God, which is available to us all of the time, you will remember just how blessed you are. You will remember how much you have to be thankful for. And that will draw deep draughts of joy from within you. So can I encourage you that when you abide in Christ, you will move from a joyless existence to a joyful one. The third thing I believe that when we abide in Christ, the greatest blessing is that we move from fruitlessness to fruitfulness. Look at John 15 chapter, chapter 15 verses 6 to 16 to 17. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Very interesting. He says, go and bear fruit. So we've been in abiding. Abiding is not a, is not a passive state. Abiding is an active abiding. It's resting in him. And then when he te- instructs me to go and do something, I do it. So abiding requires me to stay and then go and bear fruit. And that fruit, the desire of the father is that fruit would abide. It's not a fruit that gets rotten within the day. It's a fruit that will last. And I believe this abiding fruit is one that will last into eternity. You may wonder, you're saying that I need to abide in Christ in order to bear fruit. There's so many who don't know Christ and they're doing good works that are actually impacting people's lives. And that's great. It's true. They do do a lot of good works that are impacting the world at large. But is it impacting eternity? Does it bear fruit in eternity? That's the important question. Those of us who know Jesus, your whole life life might just involve being kind to your caretaker. But in an eternity perspective, you've already made your mark. Maybe your whole life was just being good to the students that you teach. Every year, a new batch of kids come to you and trusted with 20 of them and you've imparted all you had to them. End of your life, you're wondering, did I even bear fruit? Yes. If those children came out of school, with a better perspective on life, with a higher EQ, eternity waits for you with rewards. So the point is this, he wants us to bear fruit that abides, not fruit that is showy and exceptional and grabs the attention of the world and media and other things. No, it's fruit that lasts. 
John 15, 1-4. I'm going to read it again. We already read this, but I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. And I, I, as we listen to this, I want you to just note the difference between this translation and any other translation that we have. It says this, I am a true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Abiding in order to bear fruit requires an intimate joining of Christ's life to mine. Without that, I will not bear fruit. And interesting, it says over here, the, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. In other translations, it actually says he cuts off the fruitless branches. When you look at the original Greek word, it actually is a hero. A hero means to lift up or raise up or take up. So the father doesn't just blindly cut the leaf, the branches that don't bear fruit. Here it shows us the heart of God. He actually props them up. In one of our neighbor's gardens the other day when I was walking outside, I noticed that there was one plant that was wilting. They have a lovely garden and one plant was wilting. And the next day when I walked, I noticed that the owners had put sticks and supported it and kind of brought it up against gravity and held it there. And by the end of the week, the plant was thriving. That's what our father does. He does not give up on you if you're not bearing fruit. He, I believe that he actually holds us up. He props us up. He supports us so that we can become fruitful branches. So if you're feeling, I don't see any visible fruit. No one's really tasting anything of me. Don't worry. Our God, our father God has such a gentle heart towards us and that he is going to support you and hold you up until you can bear fruit. Now, for those of you who are bearing fruit, your life is doing something. You can feel the impact and the, the people that you show kindness to, the people that you're gentle with, the self-control you've been exhibiting in your life. All of this has been seen and you know it. You know you are growing. Be prepared for pruning because that's the next stage. In order for you to be more fruitful, pruning will happen. And don't worry about the pruning. A lot of times we, we look at our life and go, oh my gosh, this is such a painful season. I feel like, you know, I just have so many uh, things happening all at once. It feels like, you know, hell has broken loose. Can I tell you this, that the pruner, the master gardener, he's so gentle. He's an expert. He, does, he knows exactly what he's doing. When our gardener comes to do our minimal plants around our house, I watch him prune. And it's a beautiful art in itself. Because when we try to cut a plant, we could actually injure it. But when he comes with his implements and expertly makes those cuts, you can see that he knows what he's doing. And in the next visit that he comes, he can see the, the bloom, the fresh bloom from all of those pruned branches. And that's what our father wants to do in us. He will prune you through life's successes. He will prune you through our the, the down this downhill slopes. He will prune you through the hard times. He will prune you in the best times. He's a kind father. And his desire is that you will bear more fruit, not to cut you down, not to cut you down to size, but so that you will bear more fruit. The assurance, though, in the whole pr pruning procedure is that the pruner, the gardener, he's expertly doing it because he cares so deeply for you. He loves you so much. He's attentive. He's careful. He's gentle. And he's all-knowing.
And like this part of the verse said, he said, it, when, when you are in life union with me, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What does that look like? What does that look like? In a plant, when there's grafting, which is happening, we take a root, we take a shoot, we stick them on each other, we bind them tight so that tissue and tissue bind. And growth happens in the same way. When we come in to close union with Jesus, his heart and my heart have to collide. So that what burdens his heart burdens my heart. What makes his heart glow would make my heart glow. When he looks down on evil, it makes me look down on evil. That's the kind of intimacy that abiding brings. And I believe that this life union is brought about and mediated by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will knit you together with, with Jesus. He will create a complete dependency of you on him. So that before you know it, for every decision, you're saying, Lord, can I go ahead with this? Father, is this what you want? Show me if this is the way you want me to take. Lord, I don't know how to deal with my kid right now. This child's driving me nuts. Tell me what to do. Let me not lose my cool. Father, my spouse is pushing me to the brink. How do I do this? Do I shut up? Do I talk? A complete dependency implies intimate contact. You're asking him things about your health. You're asking him things about your your ministry, you're asking him things about your job, you're asking him things that you've never asked anyone else because you know that in this intimate contact, fruit is born after that and you want that fruit. So will you abide so that you move from fruitlessness to fruitfulness? As I conclude, I want us to just look at Romans chapter 11. Romans 11 talks about the grafting in of, of a wild variety of an olive shoot into a root um, and how we are that graft. And I just want to read it for us. Romans eleven seventeen to 18 says, But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in. To replace the branches that were broken off, you are just a branch, not the root. We have been grafted in. Those of us who have found Jesus, we are the Gentiles who have been grafted in. And can I urge you to understand what grafting actually looks like? Grafting is where a root stock is taken. And in this case, that is Jesus. And we've been grafted in. From right wherever we were in this garden of life, he has taken us and grafted us in. And what happens is when a graft is done, both the surfaces are cut. They are placed on top of each other and tightly tied up. Okay. And what happens is the result of this graft is a better variety of the plant. A variety that is more resistant to the enemy. Maybe uh, it's drought resistant. Maybe it's, you know, rot resistant. And the, the taste of the fruit that comes out of it is ridiculously beautiful it's not as good as the original um you know the wild plant that was existing on its own it's way better it's got a better flavor it's got greater properties do you see where i'm going with this each of us who are grafted in at the time of salvation we are guaranteed to live lives that have greater impact than we would have ever had on our own we need jesus we need to abide in him because now that we're grafted in we need that tissue to tissue contact heart-to-heart -heart contact with Jesus in order to really bear fruit and fruit that lasts. And there's a lesser known fact about grafting. You know, when the two, the root and the shoot are caught together, tied together, 
there's a tendency that the cell sap, you know, because of the force, regular gravitational force would come up and get exuded at the joint. And that could cause damage to the graft. It could actually cause to decay. So what an expert gardener would do was wound the lower rootstock. They would wound it at a place or two so that the excess sap when it rises would, you know, kind of come out there and not harm the graft. And I can't think of a better understanding of what Jesus did for us on that cross. That, you know, in dying on that cross with every wound, with all of the blood that he shed, he took the weight of sin off us. He took the weight of the consequences off us just so that we could abide in him, trusting that we will move into a place of friendship with him, trusting that we will live with joy, trusting that we will bear fruit. All of that was done because of his wounding. And today you and I can confidently abide in him. If you've been doubting abiding in Christ, you've been saying, I have too many doubts. Can I tell you this from someone who's walked a long journey with the Lord as my one of my closest friends. He is my closest friend. I can say this, abide in him. He is worth it. You can put your trust in him. You can put your trust in him. I want to ask you as I close, who are you abiding in? What have you been resting in? Have you been abiding in a friend, in a relationship, in a spouse, maybe even a child? Today, it's time that you look at your graft again and you say, Lord, I want to abide in you and you alone. I want to be intimately, organically connected with you so that it is you I hear, it is you I see, it is you who drives my life. I want to ask you, what are you grafted onto? What have you grafted into your life? I believe that at salvation, we grafted Jesus in. At that point, we grafted into Jesus. But can I ask you this? Along the way, it's become something else as well. Maybe your your career is kind of grafted in and confused the situation. Maybe your talent and abilities have come in and you've grafted yourself onto that. Maybe it's a network that you are connected to where you know that you're the social um, you know, centerpiece. Maybe it's your general wellness and your health that has been driving you And you're so caught up in that, that you've actually grafted your life into that. Can I ask that you would disengage today? All of these are good things on their own, but without abiding in Jesus, without abiding in Christ, everything else, he says, you can do nothing apart from me. So can we return today? Can we return to Jesus? Can we abide in him? Let's pray together. As I pray, if you've been struggling with this, if you've been saying, I've not been able to abide, Can we rededicate our lives and ask him to help us abide in him, to rest in him? Father in heaven, we just thank you for this time. I thank you that you have heard every word that was spoken today. And Father, I pray that not a word would fall to the ground, that whoever has heard this word, whoever has been struggling to abide, whoever feels they have to strive in their relationship with you, today will stop. I pray they will rest in you. Father, we pray that each of the people who are watching right now will come into a friend status with you. I pray they will move from being just servants, Lord, into a place of calling you their friend, that you would speak into their life. You will tell them the secrets of their of that they need to hear. You will tell them the secrets of the kingdom, that you will unlock mysteries to them. Father, I pray for those who have been lacking in joy, I pray that, Lord, once more, they will put their roots down deep in you. 
they will soak in your word they will soak in your love and know just how loved they are how forgiven they are and that lord that would exude joy father i pray right now for those who are living lives without fruit being born father maybe they've just gone into a silo maybe they've just become so introverted father in jesus name i pray that holy spirit you would accelerate this life union with you that you would move to bring about that intimate connection with jesus and i pray that they will start living a life driven by love driven lord by the holy spirit's leading i pray they will bear fruit i pray for anyone who has stopped bearing fruit because lord they're so injured with the church injured with fellow believers father in jesus name i pray for healing of every wound that they would dust their sleeves off and get back to work in your garden that you've allo- allocated for them i pray they would once more venture out lord to love to love others and to allow you to work in them i pray that lord they too would bear much fruit we thank you for your gentle hand father we thank you for you are such a kind father you don't abandon us we thank you that you don't have a harsh motive in your heart that you love us so much we honor you today and we love you in jesus mighty name i pray amen amen through this week i ask that you abide in god's word let it dwell richly in you if you don't have time to read the word of god listen to the audio bible play it as you drive allow yourself to be filled with the word of god because it is in that that you begin your journey of abiding in christ i pray that you have an amazing week ahead god bless you thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.